Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 356 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined, as always, on occasion, by a card-carrying member of the American Honky Tonk Bar Association, Willie Saylor from Easton, Pennsylvania. This should be the last, or close to the last, episode where Willie... Is uh, we get basement vision. It's gonna it's gonna look nice. We had our guy Efren Salinas on the scene, getting things ready to go. Uh, so far, we haven't reaped any fruits of that labor, but um, the harvest is coming. The Nomad saw it. It looks. What fant- do you think, Nomad? I think it will look fantastic. Like CP said, it's gonna be another week or so. But when it's finished up, like what I saw was had a lot of potential. A lot of potential. Love potential. That's how I think about Willie. A lot of potential. Now, <laughs> it's it's amazing. I. You know, Iowa and Oklahoma State just wrestled the duel of the year. It was fantastic time in Stillwater, by the way. But I feel like the topic of conversation, for whatever reason, and it started with Tom Brands, frankly, and then it continued on Friday when I called into a local Stillwater radio station who was absolutely shredding us, and then it continued through Sunday when people realized, uh, when the Fringe fans, the part-timers, realized it's not going to be on television. And then... Intermat, which you know what, Craig Sesker, I expect it from Craig. He doesn't know what's going on. Intermat, shame on you for running that garbage article full of fallacies and just proving the point of what dinosaurs you have become in the wrestling media space. And we it became this weird thing. And I asked for, for questions from friends, and everyone's asking about this. Asking about us explaining capitalism to people and explaining, you know, why. Are people so not understanding? Why is someone who's supposed to be covering the sport so outside of um, how this actually works? I'll break it down really quick because everyone's curious for Willie's take here, obviously. <laughs> we are in, a, in the events business. We are a live streaming company, okay? So we have to get rights to events to stream. Ideally, those rights would be good and contain things that people want to watch. <laughs> Okay, we go for those rights. Those are the rights we want. For example, Oklahoma State, they're pretty good. If we can get the rights to their duels, that would be a good thing because a lot of people like to watch them wrestle. And if we could get them wrestling Iowa, that would be really, really good, wouldn't it? Because everyone loves Iowa or loves to watch Iowa, right? So, yeah, we did buy the rights because here in America, you can buy a thing and get it. Now, that thing could have been purchased by ESPN. It could have been purchased by NBC. It could have been purchased by Bleacher Report, whoever. Um, but they didn't. 
right? They didn't. They didn't want it. They don't see the value in it. They don't care about having wrestling. And everyone talks about ESPN's investment in wrestling. It's hilarious. It's like they just put stuff on TV and everyone thinks ESPN's in on wrestling. They're not doing any content. They're not doing any contextualizing. They're not telling the stories of the sport like we are. They had, so, I mean, they had Yanni. They had Yanni McKenna. Well, they I mean, had Yanni McKenna on their platform. D- didn't do anything about it. They And the problem is they don't even know that what it means to have Yanni McKenna on their platform. They don't even know what that they means. Know. They don't know that that's a big deal. That's one of the most anticipated matches of the year. And we're the ones, we're the only ones providing any context or content about that event. But you're, we're trying to help you out, ESPN. And so for Craig Sesker to say, well, this should be free and available. Well, I don't know. Maybe Craig still got the, the mom's cable hookup. But cable costs money. ESPN is actually the biggest part of your cable bill. About $9 of your cable bill is ESPN per month, whether you watch it or not. Okay, so I don't know what he's talking about free. And also, I don't know what he's talking about in terms of a webcast. If he's not seeing the trend in sports media and how someone in wrestling media cannot see the way this is going, the ESPN just launched an app, uh, an over-the-top streaming service, a webcast service, as, as Craig Sesker may call it. Um, this is the way the world is going. Yeah, and and what, old, what, what, old... Old wrestling journalist fuddy duddies who are still back in the '90s, and and let it not. Let's just say this: Craig Sesker is an Iowa guy through and through. He is not an unbiased journalist. He loves Iowa, and you know what? He heard what Tom Brand said, and he said, "You know what? Here's a, a a fun way for me to curry a little more favor with the Hawkeyes." And it's not much more than that. And this guy, the fact that he would put in print that he found out via text message that Spencer Lee lost to Nick Piccinini shows his lack of uh, energy, caring, passion for the sport. The people he's trying to serve on Intermat have 10 times more passion and, and, and knowledge about the sport. If he could actually put that in writing. I, I was astounded to read that. And, and all There's the, two options there, right? There's two options. Either he's lying. He's either lying to make his point that he found out. Uh, through text message, or he's telling the truth, and in which case, if if you're telling the truth that you found out that Pitt Spencer result through a text, what do you do? Why? How do you even wa- uh, cover wrestling? I mean, and you don't really cover wrestling anymore. Um, that that sounds like a you problem, not anything else. Yeah. So um, it was sort of strange. I mean, but what, actually, the most encouraging thing was. Being on social media, the the two years ago, you know, it was bad, right? And we got shredded, and it was it was horrible. But man, we've come so far, and, and this isn't, doesn't have anything to do with us. But you know, we've come a long way, and the the feedback from the community was has been amazing. And and for every idiot, there's 15 people saying, "You guys are doing great. We appreciate you." Which you don't even know how much that means that you guys are. are are appreciative and that because we just love to do this this job and the fact that other people get a kick out of it it's awesome to to learn yeah and and don't don't also don't confound things um you know we're not talking about the streaming quality we know a couple years ago it was it was bad we know there was some glitches with this one we're not talking about we're not talking about that we're talking about the premise right the 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 premise of uh should it be on should it be on ESPN or should it be on Flow? And I, if anyone out there or Sesker is trying to 
you know, this webcasting thing and it's, it's only online only. If you're trying to throw negative connotations at that, guys, that's the way the world's going. I don't know if you're a dinosaur, but that's the way everything's going. ESPN um, just launched, I mean, UFC fights or yeah. ESPN plus, I mean, UFC fights. So don't say, Oh, well, it's only online. So it must be a second rate. Being online is a second rate thing. No, the UFC is online. A lot of things are online only. So um, get over that bit. As, as far as Seska and Intermat goes, I mean, Intermat's product, Intermat's product has gone away. But you know what I was thinking about? And it, it's a good, it's a good point because listen, Intermat was the first. I mean, they were the big dogs at one point. Yes. And at a time when, at a time when wrestling was really small, Intermat was the go-to website, right? If they had any interest yeah. in innovation, we would be looking up at Intermat right now. Right, they would, if, they would if be the king. would have. If Intermat, I live in a town with Bethlehem Steel, right? They didn't evolve and adapt, and they they didn't update their equipment and and mm-hmm. production model, and now it, the whole thing's rusted out. Uh, and they went under. I mean, Intermac didn't evolve. They should have been. Lo- they should, if they had vision, they would have been long ahead of us. They would have been out in front of us. Um, but it goes to show, if you don't, if you don't have a revenue stream, that's the crap that you have to put up. I mean, Intermac's putting crap up. Intermac's putting crap from Sesker up, and they're putting ambulance chaser Mark Palmer stuff up only because it's free. I mean, they don't have no money to pay them, right? So they put they put whatever they somebody's willing to sacrifice their time for. Um, but that's because they have no revenue stream. And guys, if we don't have a revenue stream, flow doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it's part and parcel of what's going on. You can't say. Flow, do Iron Man, Flow, do um, Geary. And then when the big one comes up, we don't have it. I mean, the big events subsidize a lot of what we do so we can put up 30 articles a week. Yeah, I mean, a a few of the fallacies (laughs) in the article. He says he messaged a longtime wrestling journalist Sunday and asked him why this duel wasn't on TV. His answer, money talks. Actually, um, an Oklahoma State made money from people who produced the webcast. The money put up for the webcast is what kept it on television. No. The, if, it, if it came down to money, we wouldn't have got it. The fact is no one else put up any money to do it. So it's not about money, money talks. talks. That's, that's wrong. That's dinosaurs you, talking to dinosaurs. And then he says fans have to pay to watch a live stream. Who is getting – listen, guys, hook it up. Who's got this free cable hookup everyone's talking about? I'm trying to figure it out. Black box. Can I, can I make a point about yeah, the – I mean, the ESPN, cable. do you think if ESPN wanted it, they wouldn't outbid us? Yeah. You, th- you think we – listen. To, to that point about the, the money talks thing, about – okay, with with wrestling being on, on television. So the first thing you got to remember is ESPN has a, has a specific deal about how many um, Olympic sports – college events they have to show over the course of a year. And I believe what I was told is the number is 14. Uh, this is like second, third information. So I'm just telling you what, I, what my understanding is, but I believe it's 14. And a lot of those go to wrestling because when you look at Olympic sports, 
wrestling is more popular than a lot of the Olympic sports. But here's the other thing, guys. Look at the TV ratings, okay? And and to be to to be registered under the TV rating, to have like a rank when when they come out with okay, this is us and whatever TV show is number one right now, right? If you are not a point zero one rating, you don't get shown. And to my understanding, there are no duels this year that have drawn a point zero one TV rating. All right, we got the so Nielsen index. why would ESPN, unless they were contractually obligated to, or anyone, pick up a duel when no one's going to watch it, and not obviously not no one, right? A lot of people watch it, but in terms of what they're looking at and what how they're trying to make money, it's no one. It literally doesn't register. All right. All right, let's talk about the duel. Let's talk about this dang duel because it was – man, I had such a good weekend. It was so freaking fun the whole time. I love Stillwater. I love Oklahoma State. I love being there. You uh, changed your tune, huh? What do you mean? You have not always loved Stillwater. Don't even try to act like you have. Well. Nice nice helmet, Bradkey. Oh, yeah. Talk about this helmet. Yeah. Real quick. So, um, uh, the official long snapper of Flow Wrestling and Flow Football, Casey Kreider, uh, hooked us up with, yeah, all, Amer- or all American Pro Baller, Casey Kreider, even signed it. Wow. Um, but he sent it to us, and we want to have it on display every show. Yeah, I think we will. So, thank you to Casey. Definitely, uh, Long-time listener. Good friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No, I like I – like, listen, I'm scarred from Stillwater. February uh, February 17th, 2000, or February 19th, 2017. That was very that was a very sad day. Understandable. But, you know, I got back on the horse, loved it, even though – I love Stillwater. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It, it was awesome. So, all right, let's get to the wrestling. I feel like we're going to bounce around <laughs> from, like, some of the antics that were going on. But we have to start at 125 pounds where this duel started. Nick Piccinini, pinfalls Spencer Lee, and it was it was kind of like how we say the matches need to go if you want to beat Spencer Lee. Ward off that early takedown, which pitched did a great job. I mean, that was a long defense. I really am still surprised that Spencer didn't find a way to a finish there. He was on leg standing, and he tried a couple different ways to finish, couldn't quite get him down. Pitched did a nice job on the edge, and then. Were any of you guys, and I actually asked Nick about this after match, I was kind of surprised that he went underneath Spencer. I, I feel like, to me, that's a little bit, of, is the mystique, where, to me, I say the mystique's wearing off a little bit, or na- nationally, that you would go under this guy and find a way to, to get out. That says I, to me, the country's like, mm, uh, you can get away from this guy. I thought it was, I thought it was crazy, to be honest with you. I, I thought mean, it was crazy. Chris Perry knows better than I do. Piccinini knows better than I do. John Smith knows better than I do. But zero zero match, you're going down. We're going For down. What? Did uh? I don't get it. Do you guys hear John's quotes afterwards? No. About mm-hmm. it, Bader asked him about it, and he was like almost annoyed that it was even asked. He's like, Nick knows my feelings about it. It wasn't even discussed this week. Um, he's like, in a zero zero match, you're just gonna give up that point. Yeah, but. It's, uh, sure, I mean, point. far be it from me or Willie, but yeah, uh, for it's it's not you don't get the point unless you get away. And this guy's this guy has turned Nick pitching any routinely and well, and give up a point. I mean, you, you give away a point, you could you could lose a point because he could ride you out the whole period. Yeah, and so but he gets away. You know, he gets away. He's got. 
he was nearly away a couple times. Then he eventually gets away. And then at that point on, you, you could just kind of see it. Like it was Spencer was like breaking his position. He wasn't stand he was like standing straight up, breaking it. Nick got in on that single leg so easy. And then this is like to me just a lack of uh innovation. Like Spencer's goes to these splits. We've seen him do it a thousand times. People are going to prepare now. Okay, he's good. I'm gonna get on a single leg, he's gonna do a split. Look and at the body he, language. He's done Look it before. Hold on, Willie. So he's done this before, <clears throat> right? Gets in these splits and pitching wasn't able to convert off the cradle. But there, there's got to be a next thing from Spencer there. You can't just go to this thing every single time and not think that the country's going to adjust. The Pichinini adjusts, locks his hands, and it's over. Yeah. I just – something – I don't know what's going on with Spencer. Uh, you know, we don't talk about it. I, I don't know. Nobody, nobody talks about it. Nobody comes out and says, Spencer is this. Uh, but well, if you watch the body language after he gives up the escape – it's clear that like a switch happened. Yeah, there, there's not that same. I don't know what it is. He was like a Tasmanian devil last year. You know, watching a but but at Stillwater, you know, people are you know, there's people there connected that know what's going on, <clears throat> coaches, etc. People close to programs. There's nothing wrong with him. He's not sick. There's no illness. There's it's just a. I know. I mean, I there's no, I that's mean, that's going to, that's going to like blow minds on Hawkeye report. Cause they're just hoping he's sick. He's not sick. Well, hoping, hoping he's sick because that would explain it. Yes. But the thing is, he, he's not sick. And, and so, and, yeah. I, so what the ex, what's the explanation? I don't know, but you can tell that the fire, the same fire, the same pop isn't there that it was previously. Getting back to that first period real quick that you kind of opened with, was was that more impressive? So comparing like the, the pitch loss and the Rivera loss, was it more impressive what pitch did than what Rivera did? Because Rivera kind of kept distance and Spencer never even really got in to attempt a shot in the first, mm -hmm. whereas pitch fought off a Spencer shot, which is kind of, you know, when we're talking about uh, the game plan that pitch could replicate, the game plan was staying away, not necessarily fighting off a Spencer takedown. Right. I mean, when first period – Spencer gets his hands locked on the legs. It's two, basically every time. I bet there's mm -hmm. hardly any examples where that's not the case. And to your point, Pitch stayed much more engaged than, than Rivera did. I think all it does is say there's more than one way to beat this guy. Right. You don't have to. Sure. You don't have to kind of Delgado it and keep major space and dart in. You can stay in there and hand fight with this guy. And he didn't get mowed over. And so I mean, right now, d Willie. Are you still picking Spencer to win? I'm, I'm asking myself the same question. I don't know. I'm struggling with this. I don't know how I can pick him. No, I'm not. No, I'm not picking Spencer to win. Like, uh, I would pick him after Sebastian. I was still picking him. Yeah, same after here. Midlands, I was, after Midlands, I was still picking Spencer. but Because at that point, it was one bad tournament. Now he hasn't looked right since. He, he, had, he had his early December struggle with Mackle. <clears throat> Which originally was like bizarre. He kind of gassed against Mackle. He still majored him, but he really fell off. Bad Midlands performance relative to Spencer's expectations. And then we haven't really seen him. He had like a 4-1 win over Sean Russell. Then he missed Rivera. And he comes back here. He's not looking up and to the right. Like Pat Lugo, he's he's looking up and to the right right now for Iowa. Spencer Lee seems like he's back where he was. I think, you know, the Sean Russell thing going seven minutes – 
is probably the most encouraging thing out there. I mean, if you text somebody up in four minutes, you know, we know Spencer can do that. But what we don't know right now is if Spencer can face adversity in the sixth and uh, the fifth and sixth minute. Um, it, yeah. Because it, it, he seems to have a five minute tank right now for whatever reason. I don't know. And, you know, what, what do we make of Coach Brand's comments about taking shortcuts? I don't know what that means. He said, we're taking shortcuts. What did he say? I didn't hear it. Basically, Bader asked him about, at the press conference, about, you know, 125, what's going on there. And Tom didn't say specifically Spencer Lee is taking shortcuts, but he basically transitioned right to that and said, hey, we're taking shortcuts and it's showing up and it bit us here. And so I don't know if that's shortcuts in his training, shortcuts just in that the fact that, the tactics he implemented in his finish or in his like defense from it could mean any number of things. I'm yeah. not sure what, but I that's got to be concerning. I mean, if there's short, if there's a shortcuts issue on February 24th of the wrestling season, that's problematic. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now one thing, do we? I don't know if we want to talk about this. We could talk about it Thursday because there's no wrestling this week, but. Um, Seeding is going to be real interesting at twenty five. Yes. Would so you like see, me to talk about that. So this this win. So everything could have kind of fallen into place a lot more neatly if Spencer beats uh, Pitch, sure. and then you know R Big Ten plays out how it plays out. You know we're probably looking at one of those guys as as the one seed. You know Rivera. But now P Pitch has a legitimate case for the one seed now, as will Sebastian Rivera if he wins Big Tens, right? And then you have these guys really. The, the the craziest thing and the biggest point of the 125 seeding, the thing that is going to be the most juicy, is Spencer Lee could legitimately be a 4, 5, or 6 seed, right? Yeah. Because we were going through it yesterday. Vito Me and Rougeau, Chris were going through it yesterday on the phone, and we are like, Spencer could be really low. Yes, because you've got Rivera, you've got Pitch, you've got Bresser. Okay, Bresser's only lost to Rivera. You've got undefeated Vito at 125. You've got undefeated Jack Mueller. Those guys win out, and Spencer will have then if he if we subscribe to the fact that he won't win Big Tens, he will have three losses. He he has to be and and his best win will be Glory or Russell. So it's not like he's got some huge signature win. He hasn't beaten a pitch or a Bresser or a Mueller, et cetera, et cetera. So he doesn't have great wins, and all he really has is his mystique, which has no like seeding criteria. It doesn't matter that he won <laughs> NCAA's last year. So, so it's gonna get Bresser. dicey. It is going to get dicey. Bresser, Bresser has one loss, which is to Rivera in overtime. But what's his best win? Um. Yeah, and he has not. He has not faced much rigor. He has not hit. Right. I think he beat. I think he beat Russell. Well, when yeah. so okay, so looking at looking at seeding, um, as I've been trying to do for the last couple of weeks here, in my opinion, Rivera still holds the inside track to the one seed. Now, a lot of that depends on how the coaches rank go, right? Because People people could rank pitch number one. I don't think anyone should be terribly upset if they do. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, Rivera's the one, and I think pitch is going to end up being the two. Um, looking kind of at the seeding criteria, Rivera has better RPI. He's got better quality wins. If they're both undefeated, that's a wash. They didn't wrestle each other, so that's a wash. And common opponents is a wash because they're, um, they're, they're both undefeated. He barely has better quality wins, though. I, but I'm talking about from from the standpoint of what the NCAA determines a quality win. Currently, yeah. Sebastian Rivera 36 and a half, pitching any 27 and a half. Well, they both beat Foley. 
Oh, they both beat Foley. Mm -hmm. There was one top ten. There was one top ten win that Sebastian had. Well, I guess Bresser. Well, Pitch has a win over uh, Russell, which Rivera doesn't have because Russell didn't wrestle him, but he could get that at Big Tens. And uh, also, the other thing is Willie is yeah, maybe they're close in quality wins now. But if Rivera goes and wins Big Tens, he's going to have way more quality wins because he's in a better conference. Whereas Pitch, um, I mean, who? Where's his Big Twelve competition? I mean, the next ranked yeah. guy at the Big Twelve is Cole Verner. Right at at fifteen, or no, North Dakota State's uh, Brent Fleetwood. I forgot about um, NDSU in the Big Twelve now. But yeah, I mean that, and even that, those aren't gonna measure up. Now, this could all be a mute point. You know, Pitch could lose at Big Twelves, or Arujo could lose, and Mueller could you know lose to Foz, and then Foz. I don't think would have a claim because he's hardly wrestled at all this year. But you know, right now, if things kind of just go chalk. It's going to be really interesting how they seed Spencer Lee. Here, so what with three losses? Three losses, but, but what? I mean, that's a lot of losses. He'll have beaten Piotrowski, Oliver, Moisey, Russell, Glory twice. So he's got like five good wins, but none of those guys are top eight. He won't, or no, Russell is. So they have one uh, top six win. It's going to be very interesting yeah. how this plays out. Now, if he wins, now if he wins Big Ten, Spencer, which we can't rule this out either. This dude right. is he now is still is a, a freak of nature. Then pitch is a clear one at that point, and then it would go. Then is Spencer the two at that point, or does Russell? Does that really? That could really stir it up because there's some guys that could maybe jump Sebastian and Spencer based on their seasons. So like the the entire of the season, right? Not just kind of where we're looking at right now. Mm -hmm. Do you? Because you guys still ranked uh, Mueller below Spencer Spencer Lee, yeah. which I don't disagree with. Yeah. But do you think the coaches agree with that? Not necessarily. I mean, I I could see you, you could certainly say we're, we're we're still factoring in what we saw last March, right? And what we saw last year with Spencer. Mm -hmm. That's still matters something, especially with someone like Mueller, who it's not like he's been in the streets a lot, right? Doesn't have a ranked win. Doesn't have, doesn't have a ranked win. So, yeah, he's still ahead of him. Um, he's He faced way better wrestlers Spencer has. So they may look at it that way. I don't think that it would be right, but I wouldn't like be like shocked if they did this. This guy's got two, three losses, and this guy's undefeated, and simply put, he should be ranked higher. Real quick, let me, let me run through the – the coaches ranking roster for 125. Dan Wernsberger, Jim Heffernan, Brian Smith, Steve Garland, Kyle Rochelle, John Smith, Jason Borelli, Scott Moore. Those are the eight people responsible for determining where uh, the 125 coaches rank plays out, which in my opinion will have the biggest impact over everything because there's not going to be a whole lot of changes in RPI. Um, and then obviously like – So let's big, start big, emailing them. Fans email those coaches. Tell them what that, this should be. Yeah, just uh, – yeah. And then, and then real quick, and again, getting back, Vito undefeated currently, I believe, 17-0 at 125. You still have him 7. Mm -hmm. um, so Russell, we project, based on if things go chalk, third at Big Tens. Vito, the favorite EIWAs. How high can Vito jump? Can Vito jump over Bresser, in your opinion, based on his season? It'll be tough. It'll be tough for him to jump Bresser um, because Bresser just has some good wins that he's still kind of to anchor him a little bit higher and glory uh a couple glory wins i don't think is enough to jump someone 
of Bresser's caliber. But then again, they could definitely look at it that way and say, all right, this guy's undefeated at the weight. He's wrestled a significant number of matches. He should go ahead of Ronnie Bresser. Yeah, so I, again, I still think Rivera has, has the inside track in that, um, again, if things go chalk, what Pitch do? will have to beat Spencer in the NCAA semis, and that Mueller and Vito are going to have a hard time cracking into that top three. When do uh, Big Ten seeds come out, or pre-seeds? Um, not for another, like, eight or nine days. When do post-seeds come out? Oh, big fan of post-seeds. <laughs> um, all right. Dayton DeSanto. Okay. All right, so we're done. We're done with Pitch uh, Lee for now, but as, if you have more thoughts, I may have some more. Um, I'm happy to <clears throat> discuss them. How about this? We were, we were having a little freak-out, uh, a silent freak-out, Bracky and me, basically everyone that was there, because every Iowa wrestler was there warming up, getting ready, and we're like, oh, my gosh, it's going to happen again. Because DeSanto was not there. He was not on the premises. We were literally there when Iowa rolled up because we wanted to get video of them walking in, and I was like, wait a minute. Well, Nick was like, wait a minute, where's DeSanto? I was like, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> Uh-oh. We're freaking out. Yeah. Paul Glenn was getting a good warm-up in. We're like, oh, boy, it's really happening, guys. But – um, it sounds like some with some Iowa guys, just like historically, they'll keep them off site till the very end, and just bring them into weigh-ins. If they if they have like a maybe a bigger cut or something, they'll do that. So he was there. He wrestled. He w- he had pretty good behavior. I liked his stall fist actually because he was spot on. The, the the official was I thought in general fine. This was not a good match for for that official, and it, this is a. Pretty high quality official. He wrestles, he officiates NCAAs. You see him all the time. He's in the mix. But man, he blew the edge stall call, which I blame the Hold rule. On. I blame the rule for that. What? Hold yeah, on. He, he like he called edge stalling just like the way he wanted to call it the whole t- entire whole time. Duel. It was bad. I can't. I, so freaking... I don't know. If he, yeah, I don't know if he blew it or he just has. He just came up in his own mind and said, I'm doing what I think is right. <laughs> yeah. And the if there is literally – I feel like the video that they should show for an edge stall is exactly what DeSanto did <clears throat> to Dayton Fix, right? He backs him up. He's back evading, evading. He keeps him on the edge. He's on the edge. Dayton's not able to circle back in. He doesn't seem like he's attempting to circle back in. He continues to snap. Shoot, and then he shoots him off the mat completely out of bounds. <clears throat> if that's not the edge stall call, that's that's Willie and I's case in point for now three years. We've been talking about this rule and why it's stupid and why you should just go to something more black and white where it's not subject to this interpretation. And yet here we are. You, you just can't. Why can't you just admit the rule is is dumb? It doesn't make sense. And, and yeah. the whole point is, well, it should have been called this way. That, yeah, we know it should have been called that way, but they're not calling it that way because it's written in a vague way that leaves them all kinds of outs, and here we are again, and it didn't Every impact the match. Time. It didn't impact the match, but at the same time, it's it's not about the impact on the match. It's about the broader point, okay, that we can't get our rules uniform here, and it's a simple well, fix. I think that this duel, this, this entire duel – was a glaring example. You, you could play this duel and say, this is why edge stall calls are a problem. Because in 193, 197, 
285. There was a multitude of you're going out of bounds, and one guy should have been banged under the way the rules have been called all year, but they didn't call anything. No. I, di- I didn't understand that. Now the, the But actually, the worst <laughs> call of all was the Dayton 2 that wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it, it is like I literally went back and watched because I remember a couple matches where I just saw double leg, guy on the hip, head outside, it's two. doesn't matter if the guy's draped or like locked around a leg or something or has a foot, it's two. You got both legs, it's two. We've seen it called like this. Uh, and I went back and watched a Gefeller, um, uh thompson match. This is exactly how he finished. Same thing. They threw up two. That's a takedown. That is a wrestling takedown. And you have to call it. You can't not call it. And the it also raises the issue of the review problem of guys reviewing their own calls. Okay? If you have bad judgment, your judgment will not improve. And sometimes it'll help, and we've seen officials change their calls. But that was a takedown for Dayton Fix, period. There's no— takedown. I mean, I, I don't even know what else there is to say. Everyone else is like, this is a takedown, this is a takedown, this is a takedown. Coaches, D1 coaches say, that's a takedown. I don't know what's happening. But they're not calling the takedown. So I don't know how you fix that one because everyone— for the love of the Lord, please know the takedown rules. But, um, <laughs> but the match itself, I I gotta say, DeSanto lost, but I was impressed. I was he impressed, had though. Dayton uncomfortable on his feet. I've never seen him moved around like that. I've never seen it. And another thing I would have liked to see, and Bracky and I talked about this most of the way back, is how does that match end if Dayton go, or if DeSanto goes neutral? Right? I'm not. We don't know if his pace would have been a thing or not. We just don't know yet because if you get ridden out the second, uh, the third period, that's the way it goes. But I think it's very, it's entirely possible that it it could have had an impact there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think DeSanto goes neutral next time? I do. Uh, I think he'd consider it. Yeah, I think he would. I mean, he struggled with double leg riders before. This is not new, right? And. He was close to the reversal at the end, which would have been so crazy because if, if he finishes that, it's we're going to sudden victory. But he wasn't able to, and um, yeah, it was to, – to me, it's like, man, DeSanto's right there. But at the same time, I can't unsee the takedown, right? I can't unsee yeah, that. Right. He took him down. So what, what was the takedown with? Because Dayton, early in the first – Austin DeSanto's coming. Dayton's about on the edge, and Dayton like boot scoots or shrugs or something. Uh, he, he did one of those things oh, that yeah. we were like, he did one did of those things that control. we were like, that that's how Dayton's going to score if Austin goes forward, forward, forward. Um, but I don't think that sh- resurfaced again. I don't think that situation resurfaced the rest of the the match. What was the almost takedown with? Uh, he just. Um... I think it was a high crotch. He just posted, or it may have been a knee pull. I'm not sure, but he ended up head outside and just doubled off and set him right on his hip. But it was a, it was a straight leg attack. It was nice. Post high crotch says Adam Fellers, which grain of salt there. I'm pretty sure it was a post high crotch. <laughs> Fellers, you're okay. suspect. We got a backup. Uh, Micah Copeland. I'll trust Micah Copeland. He said scored with a high crotch. Um, so yeah, that's how he got it done. Uh, Should have been two. I want to see those guys wrestle again. And how about John Smith after the duel saying 133, the deepest weight he's ever seen in his career. And he's seen some stuff. He's the go. He saw some wrestling. He's, he's seen some wrestling in his day. And he says it's uh, he says it's the best. 
I think it's the best. Um, yeah, no takedown. Dayton wins. Does it change your uh, tiers for uh, title contenders at 33, seeing DeSanto compete like that? Uh, no. Same. I think that I think that Austin can. I don't – I'm not going to pick him to do it. If Austin DeSanto makes the finals, mildly uh, – it's not shocking to me. But I'm no. not going to pick him to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, buddy. So – on the whole, this was a uh, this was a kind of a route a little bit for for the Cowboys. They looked really really good, and you know going to one forty one for like six minutes, I was like, Cade, that's the Cade, that's the one, that's the big old problem." And he's still just not quite finishing the matches in inspirational ways. He kind of gave up the takedown at the end there. Almost got turned. Muren almost turned. Yeah. It was like yeah. It was like oh well. I mean, Bader was like kind of signing off the match at the time and then he i think it was like a claw tilt he almost yes. he almost had it so kate still I almost had a address. couple late and that I mean, was DeSanto almost forced overtime murin almost turned him yeah and that was one thing that was um interesting about the duel is like if they were just iowa was in a lot of these matches and if they had been able to get late takedowns they'd have been right there to to, to win or since the matches in overtime, they just couldn't get the takedowns they needed when they needed them. Well, I, I mean, I thought it was very uncharacteristic of Iowa, uh, an Iowa, an Iowa big time duel. When you think of Iowa in a big time duel, and and when we when you were making your picks, Christian, last week before the before the duel, you kind of sort of alluded to it. You were like, ah, should I take this guy in this toss up? Or should you know what what you were what you were alluding to is that in big time matches in toss up bouts or even when Iowa traditionally is a little bit of an underdog in big time duels Iowa will steal one or two and that didn't happen in this duel. Well, well they sure, didn't, sure they, they did. didn't steal any of the toss ups. Well, hold on, they want Lugo. Well, beat, I, gee, okay. I mean that's that's eleven versus six. I mean look at look at that entire season. Look at their entire seasons. That should not. That's okay. a, they got that one. That has to be acknowledged. They got, okay, they got one. All right, it's uh, more than which, zero. Which? Okay, I picked Lugo. I wasn't even. I wasn't even surprised by that. Uh, I mean they got beat seven to three. They didn't. You can say they stole one. I, I mean, I say the same for Oklahoma State. They, they were, they were close late, right? They they were clo- in a lot of close matches late and didn't get the score they needed to get. They only had a takedown in four of the ten bouts. Um, I just thought it was an uncharacteristic. However, um, I did. I say I I completely disagree. I, I don't think it was uncharacteristic. They both had an upset when Oklahoma State had an upset at twenty five, Iowa had an upset at forty nine, and everything else went chalk. Dayton was supposed to win. Cade was supposed to win. Um, Fifty seven. Uh, Caleb Young was supposed to win. Bull, Chandler, Chandler over over the dealership, and we're talking about the dealership. Jacoby over Wilkie, Weigel over Warner, and and White over. That's what's supposed to happen. That was what. Now yeah. you could say in the deed. That's one of your favorite words. It didn't look great, but the match results. The guys who got their hand raised are who we expected to get their hand raised. Period. They matched up uh, bad. They matched up bad against the Cowboys, Willie. Bad matchup. I know. I know. Listen. Go go match by match. 
not not surprising. It's not surprising that Wilkie loses. It's not surprising that Warner loses. I'm saying in the past, traditionally, Iowa always wins one they're not supposed to. Iowa, Iowa always steals one late. Iowa, I mean, okay. That's what I'm saying they did. Are you going to hang on this Lugo thing? You're I saying mean, one. I'm saying they got one. I don't understand. You keep saying they get one. They got one. Do you mean to say In, two? Do you mean to say two? If you mean two. Yes, or more. Yes. Okay. I mean, if, if Lugo, if Lugo, I, I don't know why. You keep, you think that Lugo over Caden is like this earth-shattering thing. He lost to to Russell Rolfing and Cole Martin, or uh, not Cole Martin. He has bad losses this year, Willie. Deegan. Mm. Deegan. Mm-hmm. It was at least a toss-up. If if nothing else, it was a toss-up. Yeah. Well, okay. More. I was expect it, traditionally. I was does more. Mm-hmm. More than one upset a duel. I mean, I don't know. Go back and look through some box scores. I think you'll be. Um, Educated. I, I don't think that's what normally normally happens. Um, yeah. I mean, they get they get they, I mean, get they, they didn't score a takedown the last four matches. No, I, right? I know that. I was there. But but to your point, like that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah, whether or not they did. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> I picked the back four to win for Oklahoma State. I assume you guys did for the most part I picked, too. I picked Warner, but um, that was an acknowledged. But yeah, but you weren't yeah. shocked that Wag won. Yeah. No. I yeah, mean, yeah. On, on paper, is a, I, I know it's a bad matchup for Warner. I just kind of thought maybe this is the one they get because I didn't pick, because I did not pick Lugo to win because I thought G had been better all year, yeah. which is true. I thought, okay, I don't think that's the opposite. I think it could be here. It was It was at 49, not 987. But based on my perception coming in the match, it, it went how it went. And I think there's, there's a lot of overreaction going on. I mean, Hawkeye Report, I mean, they overreact to everything, right? <laughs> so they're obviously overreacting to this. Um, I'm, but, yeah, I mean, but I'm, hold on. But I want to give some perspective here, okay? Because I think they're, you, it's easy to get hung up on a result and make it a bigger thing. Do you guys remember? I'm going to take you back. 2018, East Lansing, Michigan. Do you remember the Big Ten tournament the Hawkeyes had? They had one finalist who lost, Brandon Sorensen. They were fourth. At Big Tens, they were terrible. They had a horrible performance. Horrible. Two weeks later, they're number three. They had in the country, whole in the whole thing, right? They put it together. They had a champion. So I think Squid we've seen this. We, yeah, they had more bonus points than Penn State. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've seen Iowa. They're not always. They're not always up. It's not the same thing where they're good in in November and then they're coming down. Horrible performance at Big Tens. Then back up at NCAs. Great performance. So I think you, the the Hawkeye fans themselves are not their, their memories are off. And I mean, they lost a duel. They lost, they a, lost duel. a duel. They, they lost a duel that on paper they were supposed to lose. And they lost the matches they were supposed to lose, except for one. And, and like I said, the the upsets were a wash. They both had an upset. So yeah, I don't I don't understand the I don't understand the surprise like what was your expectation there um they, it, it, they matched uh, oklahoma state matched up well with them and oklahoma state's pretty darn good you yeah. lost i mean you lost a duel to a really good team it happens yeah i agree and the thing i've been kind of saying about oklahoma state and we should get to oklahoma state as a whole as a team that's the if there's a team that can beat penn state 
and there's probably not. But if there is, if you have to say you have to pick one that does it, it's this team. They have the most good wrestlers, period. And when they get their lineup optimized, which is going to happen by Big 12s, which is another scary thing, which we'll talk about, they can do it. But they have a lot of good guys. And one of my questions is this. How did you beat Penn State? Well, it's pretty intuitive. You need a lot of finalists, <laughs> right? You need guys to win national championships. And that was kind of the knock on Oklahoma State. When um, two years ago, when they had eight All-Americans and a champ, they just they weren't placing high enough, right? Well, what if they win the first two weight classes? You can't, you can't rule out that as a possibility. What if Joe Smith is the truth at 165? Now, we're talking about Vincenzo Joseph. That's a two-time champ. I'm not picking him to beat Chenzo. I'm just saying, Joe Smith is a big time problem at 165 pounds. If Weigel they can get, could make a final. Weigel can make finals at a week 197. Now, Colin Moore is pretty dang good, and Bo Nickel just need to be opposite him because um, no one's beating that guy. But man, they've got to look at Derek could make the finals. He are he's the number he's the clear number two in the country. He beat Kassar. He's looked excellent. He just mm-hmm. beat Stoll. That's a clear number two. So now we're looking at four. You know, it's um. Not unreasonable that they would get four or five in the finals. Now, at the end of the day, it's Kale Sanderson. It's Penn State. It's tough to say. But this is the team that can do it, right? This is the team that has the chance to do it. Um, All right. The eight All-Americans thing, I mean, I was talking to coaches this weekend. It's like to think about how – because, right, you said it's very intuitive how you beat Penn State. But to think about just how they've changed, like, the perspective of how you look at the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. You have eight All-Americans. It's a wrap. Eight All-Americans like, and a champ? Ten years ago, whatever, however long ago you want to say, eight All-Americans, it's you, you're done on Friday. They got third that year. Not even second. Uh, what? They got third. Daggone it. They did get third. That's bullcrap. They should get second. <laughs> like, you get eight All-Americans. <laughs> hey, that's bullcrap. That's bull. John, John should, uh, they should, they should change it. No, that's crazy. Hey, I want to talk about the, uh, the Warner Weigel match. That match, that was the weirdest match. We need to run that on the site here. Thank you for reminding me. I mean, on one hand, you could say, on one hand, you could say that Warner was really close. Um, on the other hand, he didn't score a point. It was all penalty points. So I, I don't know. And and then and then the decision to take t- uh, to ride and not cut him in a third. Um, I didn't. So I, I think didn't, there's a lot to talk about there. Well, mm-hmm. that's that's how I left. That's why if, if you if you watch the duel and listen to my commentary, I was like, I just left with this impression: Jacob Warner can definitely win this match moving forward because I thought there were some takedowns that he kind of left out there. He showed he could get to his legs. He had a really nice single leg on the edge. I was like, okay, he can get to Weigel's legs. I thought it was foolish to go under, right? Even though he did manage to get some points via uh, locked hands and penalty points, yeah. stalling points, but then. With riding time locked up at three minutes and ten seconds going into the second, there is unless you're saying you're you're saying a couple things when you when you take top or when you cover Weigel there, you're saying I'm riding out for sudden victory, or I think I can turn him. And I just don't know why he would think that would be the best option. I think you've got a guy that's wrestled four matches on the year. You are the Iowa wrestler with a great gas tank. Go on your feet. Let him up. And it's the you know, it's it's the silly thing you always hear, one, not two. But there's you're not getting reversed if you let the guy up. You had a chance to get a takedown and, and to make that. Then you can ride. That's when you go the for the only, ride. The only reason that I think it there was 
a possible reason to ride is that he had two stalls, he had two cautions, and so maybe you ride for a few seconds, or maybe you ride for one restart and see if you can get a stall or a caution. But if that's not going to happen, then cut him. He rode for a while. I mean, he might have had 30, 40 seconds. Um, and there was a point in time where Weigel had his head on the map for like, you know, maybe four seconds, right? And then, you know, he came. I mean, it's, it's a savvy senior guy. This guy's an All-American. This guy's really, really good. And he's really good on the mat. And I, I just think, so that's why I'm like, man, if I'm Warner, I'm like, man, I made a mistake here. I made a mistake here. I made a mistake here. Tactically, if I make some adjustments, I can beat that guy, right? I, I think you leave. If you're the Iowa staff, I'm pumping up Jacob Warren. I'm like, man, you can beat this guy. A couple of different things. It's probably good in the regular season to, to test yourself from underneath. I think after what happened with him against Tanner Sloan, just to show, hey, I cannot get turned by a tilt guy here. I'm, I'm better on bottom than I represented myself at the Midlands, so I'm going to go under here. And maybe it doesn't make sense in a February duel, but in March, maybe you're making a different decision there. Isn't it slightly yeah. concerning, though, because when you look at where Warner – since Warner has gotten to college or maybe even a little before, but since where Warner potentially has struggles, it's more in tournament settings, right? His two Midlands were probably disappointing to um, what our expectations were of him. And so the fact that he loses in the duel when he, where he is usually better, I feel that kind of goes more Waggles' way in the tournament, like – maybe bigger margin or, or, or less in the balance. Maybe. I don't know. I think uh, – I just get given – like I'm not ready to marginalize yeah, yeah, Warner yeah. as a, to having bad tournaments or whatever. I just think, you know, he's a freshman. He's still a freshman, and things like that happen. Um, what did you think of um, – now, I think Weigel needs to get in seven-minute shape, I think, one. I mean, that's the takeaway from Weigel. Um, the takeaway – what did you think about that – Almost takedown. He grabs, for, like, for Warner. Oh, where he had the foot for a moment. Um, he had the foot for a moment. It was actually reminiscent. It was so funny that we talked about the uh, the St. John Daringer uh, takedown. Because it was very similar to that because Daringer had, like, the sweep. And then there was a period of time where he maybe had the other foot covered, but St. John kicked away and they didn't give the two there. It was pretty similar to that where – it definitely seemed like Warner had both ankles controlled on the edge there. Maybe not controlled is maybe not a good word, but in his possession to use a yeah, a, like that's that's the iffy thing for me is like it was like at there was a time where he touched both of them, but I don't know if he controlled them. I don't know. right, right. That's what that's what's really control. tough, and I don't think uh, Iowa had a challenge at that point, but it would have been interesting to. I mean, the guy's probably not changing his call. He freaking – there's a double-leg takedown right in front of him, and he said that wasn't too, so there's no way he's overturning that. But I think in general, there's a chance that that's, that's maybe a takedown with a different official. That's that's why I'm like, man, you get the takedown there. Maybe you don't go under it. Maybe you don't ride him as much. There's like three, four different decisions that, that really can change things, right? And um, that's why I think great performance by, by Jacob Warner, but Weigel's – and Weigel's a finalist contender, right? So there's that match, and I think it's funny how much weight Oklahoma State gave up in this duel. You know, it pressed uh, Jacoby Smith, what he weigh in at, like 78 or something like that. He's giving up six pounds, looking like a monster. Chandler Rogers weighed in at, like, 68.7. This pin slay Steve Bowman, who was an 84-pounder to start the year. 
I mean, I I thought that was an interesting wrinkle. And now, so a lot of people are like, I, "Where's um, Joe Smith? Was Joe Smith sick?" Someone actually asked about that. Joe Smith was sick. He uh, was not able. He was not really available. He did weigh in, but he was too sick to wrestle, so he didn't wrestle. So the Cowboys are going down. The Cowboys slim fast. They call it. What do they call it? No man, give it a <laughs> no. That's it. That's it. Cowboys slim fast. Why? Why are you, you trying to it. top a dub? Yeah, man? you nailed it. A win's a win, Willie. Well, Just I take- mean, I- all right. So the thing, I mean, I like Joe. I love Joe at 65. Much more than I like him at 74. However, I like Jacoby at 84 more than I like him at 74. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't, that's what I'm saying, Willie. I I think. I would keep keep Jacoby at 84, bro. Look at the construction of 84. Just just look at it. That's not a good weight. I mean, you've got Miles Martin, and, and there's nobody there that no one even wants to be ranked number two there. There's like just, uh-uh. No, no one wants it. No one wants to be two or three. They just lose, lose to Wilkie, lose to this guy, lose to that guy. Um, I, I mean, think listen, he, could, Jacoby, he can't beat Taylor Vince. He can't beat Zavatsky. He can't beat Renan. Come on. And he has beaten he, a lot of guys. Right. He's beaten a lot of them. He beat Foster. He beat Bonacorsi. He beat Price. Price. Yeah. Right. So he could be. Wait, no, he, he could didn't be a really price. high. Was that when Price wrestled? No, no he lost. He to lost, lost to Price. Price. Okay, Price I'm sorry, I got got, got my wife. Price is number two. Really In any case, Jacoby's got good wins. I don't know though. I mean, at 74, like we say, there's a lot of. Who can beat him at 74? Daniel Mark, Lewis has. Um, Daniel Lewis. And Mark Hall, there's three. I mean, I just think those three. I just yeah. don't see Jacoby Smith is not beating any of those guys. Miles Amin. Miles Amin. I'm I'm taking Miles in that one. Yeah. I I just think he places higher at um at 84. 84. And then the kind of crazy thing is like you know Chandler Rogers probably on the outside looking in. What to what make? Are they gonna, of, I mean, that's a, that's a true wrestle off. Yeah, sounds like right. there's there's yeah. going to be a wrestle off or some sort of process to determine who goes. John Smith said to ask him in seven days. Seven days? Yes. All right. From the twenty fourth? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it was funny. Someone asked him what the postseason lineup would look like. He said, "Ask me in seven days." Then Bader asked how he would go about determining it. He said, "Ask him in seven days." But then thirty seconds later, said Jacoby would be one seventy four for the postseason. <laughs> So that's determined. That is determined. And ge- which means gear has to be the 84. Correct. Which means 65 is the only one up in the air. Yes. So regarding that we'll also. We'll find out in seven days. Right. I was given conflicting information yesterday. Mm, love it. About mm. the coaches ranking, right? So the allocations are coming out on Thursday. You have to put in the guys who are theoretically – every coach has to designate their starters, right? So theoretically, that's the guys that you're going to use in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Now – and I'm not saying Oklahoma State's lying, but like if you don't use those guys that are in the coaches' ranking and you earn a spot, but you put in someone else who doesn't get it, that spot's taken away, right? So like if they say, are you saying no takebacks? Yeah. So Shoot. like if if they say Chandler Rogers is the guy at 65, which is not what I was told, but then was told, told conflicting information, and then they don't wrestle him and they wrestle Joe Smith, whatever. If the Big 12 has four slots at 165, they then lose it and it goes to three. It's based on who actually competes. At the conference tournament. Especially because Joe has no data at 65. Literally none. Literally none. Like, not- like if, if they had guys, if they had Chandler with 
his record at 65 and Joe, if Joe was like 18 and two or three, he would still maybe get a slot, right? But he, I mean, he doesn't even have any. No. Right. So someone, theoretically, is going to lose a spot at 65 in the Big 12. Mm. So wh- how many do you think the Big 12 is going to get at 65? Because that's going to be interesting because, I mean, I think at 65 I'd probably pick Joe to win Big 12s, but as this is the ultimate risk of, of throwing Joe Smith at a weight that he has no – data for is if right. if one misstep and he doesn't qualify a weight that Chandler Rogers surely would qualify if he went 0 2 at Big 12s Chandler Rogers would go to NCAAs so it's a it's a calculated risk that the Cowboys are taking and um you know I, I I'm with you that I think they're that Jacoby may be better at 84 but I think they want gear in at 84 um the real shame of it is like 57. And I like White Sheets, but I think he's got a little ways to go yet. But, you know, Chandler certified at 57. He just can't make it. Can you imagine if they could get Chandler down there at 57? Oh, my God. If Chandler could get to 57, that'd be awesome. I know, but he can't. So it's too bad. But how about the way he got to go out? I mean, hits his signature move. Crowd is going bananas. He's got great uh, great post-match celebration. I'm glad they let Chandler – Finish the OSU and do finger guns, pistol Pete, and they but they didn't let Pitch do it. Like if a guy's get, just let him finish, you know. Like if 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 DeSanto had upset and he wanted to do the flap, like I would have been perfectly. Just let him finish. Just let him finish. You think DeSanto would flap? Oh, I don't did. know. Just I was just I was trying to think of something that like an Iowa guy would have done if they had. I don't think DeSanto is a flapper. Well, he kind of did the this after he beat uh, yeah. Lee's out. Oh, this one. Not. Yeah. I'm thinking the Allen Waters. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, let just let him finish. Just let him finish Remember the OSU when, or the Hawkeye, whatever they want to do. Remember when Alan Waters acted like that wasn't about the Hawkeyes? He tried to say it's from some Alan football Waters thing. Yeah. He's like, no, that's Alan actually Waters. about our our touch football league that we are in. It's called, ball, a, it's called a ball hawk. We're the ball hawks. No, nothing. You know what? Now that you mention it, our Hawkeyes birds hadn't even considered that. Oh, now that you mention it, yeah, they're the Hawkeyes. They are birds, and I've Got only it. ever done it this match against an Iowa guy. <laughs> yeah, unrelated. <laughs> Totes unrelated. <laughs> oh, hey, man. our that pets' awesome. heads were falling off elsewhere. D- explain. Where are our pets' heads, Willie? That should be a new segment. Where are our pets' heads? Can I real quick? Do Where are our pets' heads? Hold on. No, I'm sorry, Willie. Nomad. I, I'm you sorry. Just you, you asked about 165. They just, as of now, they should get five. Oh, okay. But they're going to be dropped to four. Big 12, 165 slots. Four. If Joe goes and not Chandler. All right. <sighs> Proceed. Sorry to interrupt. Um, That's a good interruption. Hey, Willie. Matt Kalasic lost to Parker Cropman. Once a year, he's got to lose to someone completely bizarre. I never learn even their names. Well, who's the brown kid, Bradkey? Kraus. Uh, Kraus. Zach Kraus. Zach Kraus. Zach Kraus beat him. Now, I feel like that was late in the year, too. <clears throat> was it not? It was late-ish. I don't remember. It was certainly not when I expected it. And he loses to One Parker Cropman. One match. I think it was three one. Parker Crumman, I know him. I knew him in high school. Like I, I think he was fringe rankable. We know you know him. And then I didn't even know he wrestled for Drexel, to be honest. But you know what? He also beat Ryan Blees this year. Hmm. Drexel on the come up. But yeah, that was definitely the most surprising result of the uh, millennia. Maybe did not see that coming with with Kalodzik, though. Though maybe I guess any of our guys, it could happen. Um. So, 
Yeah, I don't know what to make of it other than, you know, Anthony Ashnall's the clear number one guy, and he still is. And, yeah, Makalodzic, he lost. So I don't I don't know what, if, there's, if there's a take. I really regret. Here. You know what my, my season-long regret is that I should have started in the beginning of the season? What's that? Rico Stormer updates. Rico Stormer is a, is a wrestler for Stanford, and – it's just it's a it's a ridiculous name. I love it. It's beautiful. I, and every FRL episode in the doc, I have Rico Stormer's results, but we never say it. And I just wish that in the beginning of the year I started Rico Stormer updates every episode. Well, it's Storm never report. too it's never too late. <laughs> Storm report. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe next year you can find someone that you that you really like, and we can go with that. Um, so yeah, that's good. Uh, any other heads? You know, we we gotta talk about McKenna uh, Yanni. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. I, what? There was a couple other heads. Rayvon Foley lost to Drew Hildebrandt. That was something. That's gonna. He, that's gonna hurt him. Potentially hurt him. Now they split. Now if he wins Big Tens, yeah, that'll help. That'll help his seed. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So those are those all the heads? That's not that bad. Yeah. Um. Oh, Deacon Tech Fold. No, no, no. Ernesty Tech Fold. Ernesty Tech Fold off the dome. That is a head removal situation. Did you watch that match? No. That yeah, was one of the, the freaking it, goofiest matches I've ever seen. It was a total it sort of made fest. Sense. What happened, Brett? It uh, sort of Mackie. made sense. Um, Ernesty got a takedown, classic Spladle, 6 0. And then, I don't, I don't even remember. Gomez ended up on his back again in the second period. And then in the third <laughs> Gomez period. Gomez got a couple takedowns. Yeah, Gomez got a reversal, takedown, and then there was some kind of exchange. He ends up on his back again, gives up another six-point move, and then he was down like 16-6 to six and tried to submit Mixer, yeah. and Ernesty caught him on his back to get the tech. What was surprising it was— It was a junk fest. What's surprising is that I thought—the one, the one time I thought he was going to go his back, he didn't, was when Ernesty had uh, the Merkel in, and I thought he was going to—I thought Ernesty was going to finish there. It's like, it's like John Ernesty for Ernestie me, whatever— hit- Ernesty hit three six-pointers. Yeah. For for being whatever he is, like eight or nine in the country, he can look so outmatched on his feet sometimes oh by gosh. those other guys. Like, just like pure visual eye test. He Like, when he gets taken down, it, it looks like he is not a top eight or nine guy. But he has all of these tricks and is so long and can just splatle anyone and will put – like, the the, the – he must be also kind of surprisingly strong for oh, as strong. as as not good as he looks on his feet, like relatively speaking, because he was just holding um, Gomez with one arm in a headlock for like twelve seconds. <clears throat> he's just got that wiry strength. You can tell he's he's very strong. He's got a, he is a junker, but I love we love junkers here on FRL, and I feel like Gomez is the one guy in the country who could. They should not have. You should not be allowed to tech fall Austin Gomez, because he could be down fifteen. I think. I think they should give him uh, an opportunity to wrestle <laughs> back. True. Give him a chance, because that guy, between all his upper body stuff and the fact that he'll just go take down and release. Now I don't know if he could do that against Ernesty. I, I still. I. I'm just not ruling it out that Gomez could have come back there, but he got tech falled, and um, you know that's how it goes. Those are the rules. And it, it, as weird as this is gonna sound, like. I don't. I, Gomez could win the match next time out. I don't know. I'm not anti Ernesty. Just when sometimes when you watch him, you don't understand how he wins 
the way that he does. But then but he throws in a nearly like just ladle. Yeah, he's just so unconventional. Yeah. It's like, all right, so yeah, that guy, that that John Ersey's well, a bad draw well, at NCAA's. Like whatever he seeded, he that he's bad draw. Oh, Gomez went for Listen, the turn. Gomez, Gomez was for down. A turn he and, forced a tilt, and yes. like just Ernestine just fell into a headlock. Yes, that's exactly. What and happened. then the last one was a mixer, not as bad as Zeke Boise's one where he didn't touch he didn't, the guy. He actually the no touch mixer was was interesting. <laughs> that's a rare one when you're not touching the guy and you just start spinning around. Yeah, Gomez, <laughs> Gomez like was touching Ernestine when he attempted this. Zeke, how can you be from the 610 and you, you're doing mixers like that, dog? You got to rep. Um, and then Deegan yeah. beats Mahler. Again. Mahler, Mahler scored the first two takedowns. Four, he was leading 4-1, and Deegan scored 10 unanswered. Just... Department of Agriculture update. Uh, apologies. You should be down to two farms now. You had four farms, if you've listened to me. But then you bet more farms on uh, Lugo G, and then G didn't come through. Uh, he lost, so I didn't come through. So now you only have two farms. So this week's a big week because you could be down to zero farms. But I don't even know if there's anything. Wait, to who bet was on. your who was your picks? Caden and who? G, just G. Oh. And I also liked. I said that I liked uh, DeSanto at plus two and a half uh, a lot, but that was not my farm bet. Had it been my farm bet. You'd have to farm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I messed that up. I messed that up. But then I find out I find out at Oklahoma State that G's like he's battling some injuries, so that's not ideal. But I had already, the farm bet was already out there, so I was I wasn't gonna back down. I told that to you the other day. Anyway. You did? Yeah. How'd you know? Don't tell me. I don't remember you saying that. He was I did. deck on it. That's okay. Um, okay. Yanni McKenna? Okay. Yanni McKenna. Sorry. These two wrestled on uh you may not have known. I hope someone texted Craig Sesker and let him know that those two wrestled. <laughs> I actually knew they were wrestling. Somebody I was actually... text Sesker right now. Who, who, somebody text Sesker and tell him that Yanni McKenna happened. Yeah, let him know. He'll be he'll be furious to find out it was on ESPN+. Plus. Actually, I'm not trying to throw shade at ESPN+, Plus, but I am a <laughs> subscriber. Could not make it work on my phone, and I had good internet. It was very annoying, but I it normally works great on on my computer, but I couldn't watch it. I was highly annoyed, so I had to call Willie. Willie called me immediately after it happened. So I'm curious for your thoughts on on the match, William. Um, Yanni got to an attack right away. Takedown. Um, I thought that both guys looked pretty good. I mean, Joey got in on a couple clean shots. Um, he just couldn't finish. Uh, the one was a ridiculous um, counter. Yanni's in the splits. McKenna's standing single. Yanni picks the ankle. Um, oddly enough, the 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 score was six five at the end of two, but it felt like Yanni was killing it. Mainly because it was three takedowns to none. Correct. Three takedowns to none. It was three takedowns to one reversal, and the score is six five, and it just felt like Yanni was just like killing him. But it was six five. Um, and, and then Yanni gets out and wins 7-5. To me, there's there's a lot of evidence that I'm an idiot. But <laughs> is this the cherry on top of the idiot Sunday? The fact that I went McKenna oh. for, for the title? I think I've said dumber things. Definitely. Definitely not. Joey jo- McKenna winning a title is not 
at I all know, out, outlandish of a take. Against Yanni, the man did it with no knee. Sure. He, he had one knee. It was he, pretty dumb. It was pretty dumb. And you know what? I don't know, oh, hold on. dude. In the middle of the season, he looked great. You know what? But Joey I'm looked great. It's Yanni. It's, that's, that's it. That's why I'm an idiot. It's Yanni. We're talking about Yanni. D. But Yanni. you know what? Also, shame on you all. I was not admonished nearly as much as I should have been. Right, I think Bracky did maybe slightly, but none of you other guys did. You're supposed to – I, I want to help you guys when you say dumb stuff, and I want to call you out. And shame on you guys for not properly um, scolding me for that take. So I'm back. Listen, I got a smack in the face, okay? And now um, there we go, a smack on the hand from Nomad, and now I'm back back to reality. Yanni's going to win 141. I'm sorry. It's it certainly the, the takeaway for me after that is number one, kind of a bad matchup for Joey because Yanni just Yanni went gyroscope, right? And I don't know how no McKenna finished. It's a great those. reference, Willie. I see you turn what your head. What is a gyroscope? Gyro. That was what they were said about Kellen Russell, like the freaky like feel and ways you can like counter and like never you can't plan them. Like Yanni looks comfortable in positions that. Wow. Three other people in the world look comfortable in. Well, that's why I don't think it's – I don't think you can say it's a bad matchup. I think you can just say Yanni's a freak. That too. But oh, I feel like actually that McKenna is the best matchup for him because McKenna is a good uh, – McKenna's attacks – I won't say McKenna's a really good finisher. I say McKenna's attacks lend itself to quick finishes, right? But – Well, McKenna's – Posi- more positionally sound yes. than anyone else. Um, yes, that is true. But the the at least the way he was attacking on Friday, I, he's not going to finish on Yanni. No, you know what my uh, the I don't even know. Literally, my brain just I don't know. He had a standing was... single. He had a standing single, and Yanni picked his knee, picked his ankle. I yeah. mean, didn't. What, he could finish that. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, oh, I know what I was going to say. You know when I really felt dumb? It was actually before this match. When I was listening to Bader's interviews with Yanni, I was like, this guy has the best mindset like there is. Like, it just it just all makes sense. And mm-hmm. I don't know. He just has that, that it factor. And again, it's not that Joey's bad at finishing. It's not that Joey has bad mindset. It's not that no. it's just Yanni is a, at a different level right now and and again if joey wins no one should be like completely and utterly shocked yeah but the the way they wrestled and the other thing about the way they wrestled because to your point about us not admonishing you there was a point in the year especially after the lehigh match where i was like yanni's not going to be healthy for ncaa's right and now i think yanni's healthy the best part of it for me was um he he went out there and fearless all score, you know, Joey's in on attacks. You know, here's here's this situation where they make – there's a lot of buildup all week long. Then they make it the last uh, match of the duel. And Yanni just goes out there and opens right up. I mean, I love that. Yeah. Same thing at National Preps. I don't know. National Preps, they make Bartlett and, and Van Ness the last match of the duel. Those guys put up 30 – they were just taking each other down left and right. I mean, that's – that's fun stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, they they definitely like. We were watching that in the sauna in uh, Stillwater, Willie. It's just not a steam room. <laughs> Last thing about Yanni McKenna. So Yanni clearly number one. Like it's not even right. Like, but 
Number two is kind of going to be an issue with um, Albert beating Ironman. And Lord knows it's going to happen in 141 at Big Tens. I think Big Ten winner should be the two seed. Unless it's like, you know, Max Albert Murin. beating Ironman? E- even o- yeah. Josh Albert beat Jaden Ironman. Didn't Ironman just pin him this weekend? No? No. Nope. That was Iowa State. Who did he – he pinned Parker. Yeah. My bad. Which also, that was 5-5 five, five at the time he pinned him. Yeah. I think I think if Joey wins Big Tens, he's a two-seed. I think – I mean, it's still one of the – it's going to be McKenna or Lee that win Big Tens, right? And I think whoever wins that should be the rightful two-seed. Because hey, McKenna has beaten Ironman. Go. Or do you think Albert should be the two? Albert's got Albert lost to Moran. Moran, Albert's got some. He's got like four or five losses. So I, I have a hard time putting Albert at the two. I think I think it's Ironman or if McKenna wins Big Tens, he should probably be the two. Who's gonna be the one seed? Like next next Thursday. Thursday's show should be a lot about seeding. I think. Anyway, it will be. Who's gonna be the Who's gonna be the one seed at one forty one? Big Ten. Probably Nick Lee. No. Can I talk about this real quick? Because Penn Penn State fans' brains broke when I put out the seeding. Okay, so I I put let's let's backtrack. I put out an article suggesting that missed duels should be something that the Big Ten coaches discuss. Okay, and that was summarily shot down. Fine, whatever. Um. If that is the case, because Penn State fans were like, how could – again, the, the, and then I put out another article yesterday that was my predictions, not my not my opinion of how I'd like to see them go, but my predictions of how the coaches will actually do it. And everyone's, everyone's like, how can you possibly have Mikey Carr 1 and Nick Lee 2 but have Chenzo below Marinelli? They're totally different situations. They could not be more different situations. Nick Lee has a loss in conference to Tristan Moran. Mikey Carr has zero losses. I understand that Mikey Carr didn't wrestle against Nick Lee, and I understand that Joe McKenna didn't wrestle against Mikey Carr. But if the if the Big Ten coaches put Nick Lee one over Mikey Carr, then they also have to put Chenzo three to be uh, to be consistent, and they're not going to do that. Hmm. I don't. Yeah. I think you're giving them a lot of credit there. I don't, I don't really know, but uh, I think we should save that for next Thursday. I mean, for Thursday, because we're going to have a big old – we should have a lot of time to talk about seating at some point. Thankfully. Um, okay. We A few results that should be discussed. Zavatsky beat Renan. Fine Silver beat Austin O'Connor. Labriola beat Rico Stormer. Those are the three big there ones. Those are the three big ones that we did not get a chance to discuss. Um, so yeah, we need to mention that the questions from friends, I'll be honest and I, I, I won't, uh, I won't blame you guys, but basically all your questions were related to our existence and like the fact that we had this duel and like you basically defending us and like, is Willie going to give a lesson on capitalism? So your questions were very pro us and I appreciate that. But the issue was there weren't a lot of actual wrestling related questions, but we had some. Um, and we'll start with this one from Dan Nerdall. <laughs> Don't laugh. Come on. What is that? Okay. It's not. It's not making fun of you. Actually, if you're Nick Pitch, <laughs> if you're Nick Pitch, are you never wearing a knee pad again? Because that was funny. It like fell off. He t- like tossed it off and pinned him. I don't know. But the best part of that was when Terry Brands threw it 
from one side of the mat all the way to the other. Um, he didn't want that knee pad. Uh, no, I think you don't ever wear a knee pad again. You incinerate it. Um, Pat Mineo said he would give me $50 if you brought his name up on FRL. I could use the extra money. Could you help me out? So, yeah, we said his name. So now Pat Mineo has to give you $50. Do we all have to say we it? Should, we all just say it we once? We should all so. get a cut of that as well. We should get a cut. cut it. Split it. You know what? There's. Uh, I don't many... want a cut, and I ain't saying it. Well, but no, it he has to give if you don't away like his him, money. He has really. to give yeah. away yeah. his money. You're costing him money. Yeah, I, I refuse to say his name. All right, well I said it, so Pat Minio. There, Pat there's Minio. another fifty bucks. Boom, yeah. fifty, fifty. That's uh-huh. one hundred fifty. Boom, boom. Um, <laughs> this one, forty percent of Twitter are people with um avatars of Willie's picture with the turtleneck sweater. I've now I I ran the numbers because there's another one. From CP Roy and Steve-O's friend, at not Willie's friend. <laughs> Hypothetical matchups. <laughs> the whole thing strung together is great. Old champs versus current. College version of each. Who you got? First one is easy. Actually, they might all be easy. Mark Hall versus Askren. Man. Speaking of, the only reason I bring this up. oh Askren film dropping this week. We're thinking Friday. We're thinking live only. We're thinking you better get ready. Ben Askren, the funk. I, I watched a, uh, a cut of it, as uh, you will not be uh, disappointed. When you say live only, you mean like how we released My Best Rival. Like how we released My Best Rival. So Friday, you're only going to be able to watch it live. Maybe we'll do a, a matinee showing and then an evening one. So, But then Saturday they can. And then Saturday you can watch it. Maybe, maybe we'll make you wait. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll probably put it up Saturday. Get the $2 movies. But, yeah, Askren will beat Mark Hall, right? I'm not. I'm not subscribing to this because last time we did this, Mark Hall got incensed that we said Chris Pendleton would beat him. We said senior year Chris Pendleton would beat freshman year Mark Hall, and what? Mark got summarily pissed. What are we supposed to do? Summarily. Yeah, he let him be mad. I mean, I don't know what to do. What are we, everyone's mad. People are perpetually mad at us. No matter. Basically, you're just saying cancel the show. <laughs> People are only ever mad. Fair. Null first ringer. Ringer's too big. Uh, well, 57 ringer. 57 ringer? Okay. Nolf. Yeah. I think, that, I think that was the point of that. Okay. Nolf, comma, next topic. But college version of each, I mean, I don't know. The best version. We're talking about the. All right. So let's say like freshman, sophomore, Nolf versus freshman, sophomore, ringer. Uh, yeah, I'll take Nolf. Yanni versus Jaggers. This should happen. Yanni. Come on, Jay. Can you dust him off one last time for the boys? <laughs> He, he left some wins out there. McDeaver Spencer McDonough. I got I got McDonough. I mean, yep. listen. Last year's McDonough, last year's Spencer. Last year Spencer lost to Ronnie Bresser and Nathan Thomasella. I'll yeah, take, I'd, I'll take McDonough. McDonough's but highly highly underrated. What was McDonough's? Yeah. The one time McDonough got beat pretty bad. How did he get beat? Are you talking about Anthony Robles' tilt game? Well, what is Spencer Lee's best best turn? Um, Anthony Robles. No matter, shut your face. Anthony Robles tilt game tech falls. Spencer Lee's tilt game. Oh wow, he just teched it. That tilt teched another tilt. Okay, he was he was. There's another level. Um, God, he was so freaking good. He's amazing. Yeah. That's why we. <laughs> it that's was. Why, that's why when we did our like best 125 <laughs> last 10 years, I think most of us, maybe not most of us, I picked Robles. I think he beats all these guys, and I think he beat the 125 uh, champ this year. Once Robles figured it out, game it was, over. It was over. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Did I pick Robles? Because I don't feel like 
That's you probably pick. I for, you probably pick Escobedo or something. I mean, let's not forget that McDonough won a bracket with Robles in it. Yeah, I know. But again, that's the McDonough I took. I remember we all yelled at each other about it. Oh yeah, it was, it was a good yell sesh. Well, we, but it, it was it was like when we did forty nine. It was like best version, best version, Caldwell, best version, Metcalf, best version. Well, theoretically, we saw that. Yes. Right. No, we did. So, um, Varner versus Nickel. This is freaking juicy because uh, Jake Varner was so dang big. He was a gorilla. He, how do you score on this? And he and he kind of dominated a bunch of. It was like just a bunch of gorillas, and he was like the the the, the, the main gorilla, yeah, the chief gorilla, there. chief gorilla. <laughs> we'll call him chief gorilla, right? The vanilla I gorilla. I ain't taking no. I ain't taking nobody against nickel. Even kale. Taking nickel over kale. I'm taking. I'm taking kale. I'm taking nickel over kale. Shut up. Are you crazy? Uh, I am. <laughs> You're I'm kidding. Nickel. You would take nickel over kale? I don't know. No. Willie, know. you know people are listening right now, right? This is not just the, you and the boys. People are hearing you actually entertain. Kale is the goat. He's the best to ever do it. The greatest folk style wrestler of all time. The Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout. The great right, Bambino. If okay, best version of oneself. If you have Kale, who is the second best ever? Okay, I, I just before I move on, I'm happy to move on, but I need you to say that Kale would beat Bo Nickel, or I need you to definitively yeah, Kale, say, yeah, okay, because yeah, you didn't Nickel, say it until I just who, asked you. Who who would be the second best ever at the weight? At 97, great question, Jaden. What about, no, Jaden or Jared Greg Jones? Russell. Greg Jones. Greg Jones. I think he was only. Oh, he's yeah, he was only 84. 84. Dang. Okay. West I, Virginia fact. I personally feel if you put all the ninety all the ninety seven champs since whatever, maybe nineteen ninety seven, whenever the weights changed, mm-hmm. I and put them in around Robin, I would assume Kale comes out on the top and I would assume Jaden comes out second. I'm down with that. I and I think international results bear that out. I mean this guy's winning Olympic medals with NCAA eligibility. However, Jaden Nickel, Jaden Varner, both Nick, we'll learn be, a lot about Nickel as he enters his freestyle career. Like, where yeah. is he? Well, the problem is, too, that, I mean, Varner won an Olympic gold. He did. Right? But the problem is that he didn't dominate sometimes the way we wanted him to. I mean, yeah. he, he wouldn't. Oh. He wouldn't do much at the, towards the end of his career. I don't know. He would win towards three, Towards the end. I mean, t- towards the um, entirety. Yeah. Oh yeah, statistically, nickel. Like if you like, just look at numbers. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like maybe it is Varner. Maybe it is Varner, but I don't think anybody would want to say it. I like. I don't think he was a fan favorite, right? People would pick him because he's like just not that impressive. But Varner would be a tough matchup for Jaden. But Varner would probably beat those guys, right? Because he's just too positionally sound. Yeah. Yeah, Varner could be the number two there. Okay. Tony Nelson versus Gable. It's a good question. I mean, he beat him in freestyle. We haven't seen fully, theoretically, haven't seen fully formed Gable yet. So the, I have He's a hard time. His final yeah, I have a hard time picking Gable now based on just what we've seen. But if you Gable in two or three years, yes, Gable's like eighteen years old. No, he's a little. I think he's nineteen. No, anyways. is 
Well, no. Okay. It, just real quick. Let's not older this. than 19. Is Gable going to be said the, he's like 19. Is Gable going to be the best heavyweight ever? Because Kyle Snyder exists in that weight class. Um, I think so. I think when we look back, I think he probably will be. I mean, Kyle Snyder lost matches as, as a heavyweight. Or match. <laughs> Kyle Snyder lost match. <laughs> Kyle Snyder lost match. <laughs> he still did. Um, Yeah, I think we'll— He lost we'll, a ton of match. He lost so many match. Um, No, sorry. <laughs> sorry for saying that. But he did lose. Um, Yeah, I think probably so. Just because he's going to be bigger and like maybe as credentialed. Maybe not, though, because he won the Olympic. Um, I don't know. We'll revisit that in several years. Hopefully two Olympic. Hopefully two Olympic at that point. All right. And uh, Nelson versus Gable, we did that one. Okay. Let's put it on wax. Brandon Kelly wants to know our 125 picks right now. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Hold on. No. Wait, wait, wait. To correct that, well, that's at, at some point I did choose Spencer as my champ. However, the last time we did it, I chose Rivera. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. So he's already changed his pick. Are you stay, sticking with Seabass? Yes. Okay. Kyle Bracky, I need you. Sebastian. I know where. I know where. Ooh. I no, that's, that's a, there. He's been now. I'll I'll give Kyle credit here. This is not. He's been he's been Sebastian over pitch all along because when we did our fantasy draft, I actually said you're picking Rivera over pitch. And you're like, yeah. I was mocked. Taking you were Rivera. you were mocked. That is correct. And and you you may still should have been mocked, um, because if pitch wins pitch wins this weight, I got him later. Um, that would have been a better pick. So joke can still oh, be are, on you. You have him on fantasy. No wonder you're taking him. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take pitch, dog. <sighs> this is pitch, dog. pitch and Rivera have not met. My dog college. looks good on his feet. He Man. looks good on top. They haven't met ever, even in person. <laughs> They're shaking hands. No. Um, They're not even on Facebook. Not even Facebook friends. I don't even know if they follow each other on IG. Um, How is it that they've never wrestled in high school? They were New York, New Jersey, one year apart. Well, I don't know that they didn't. Willie, did they ever wrestle in high school? I don't think so. Pitch is a little, I guess, one grade ahead. Yeah, know. just one year. And they've always been around the same weight. All right. I know Mr. Pitch in any lessons. He actually uh, reminded me. He's like... Came up to me after the duel. He's like, "I heard your pick." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, I think I think Sebastian was. He can a clarify. 13. Sebastian was actually smaller than. Pitch. Yeah, I guess right. He he was a little smaller. So I don't know. Anyway. Um, so I guess I have to pick, huh? I'll go with pitch. Yeah, boy. Pitch has looked really freaking. Good. Has he had a close year. match this year? He so um Roaring. on on BWI the they put out Roar put out the um, most dominant, which should likely match what they do for um then Sibylla puts out. First of all, there are four guys at one twenty five in the top twenty of most dominant rank. And number one well, number one's Jack Mueller, but he hasn't wrestled um a ranked wrestler. Pitch four point four one seven Rivera four point two one seven. Mm. So very comparably dominant. Oh, it's gonna be man, it's crazy. We could twenty five is a really, really fun weight. All right. Next topic. Yeah, BWI you know I like BWI, but they ticked me off today. <laughs> the because... No. The oh. message board. Oh, got it. They're like, oh they sh Flo sure did advertise that they give uh 
they give senior level wrestlers a free account. What, what are we supposed to do? Mass e- go over the senior list every year and mass email them all. If, if the senior level athlete needs a free account, hit, hit us up. We get a free one. Yeah. It's been that way for years. Uh, it's not difficult. Sorry. We give out not enough free stuff for you guys. You don't even know how much free stuff we give out. I said hundreds and hundreds. We have hundreds and hundreds of comped accounts on, on flow for flow wrestling. There's tons and tons and there's more coming. Eh, whatever. I don't know why we're talking about this. BWI stupid. Um, what's the sitch on Joe Smith? He was sick. Is a um, is the best celebration in wrestling the OSU cowboy chant led by the wrestlers? It's pretty sick. That was cool. I don't know that I've ever seen, and I've been to like a ton of duels. I don't know if I've ever seen a wrestler do it before this duel. Uh, Chris Perry Chris did Perry it. Chris Perry did it after yeah. he beat Howe. Are you familiar with Chris? Uh, any more brainbusters, well, dude? At the NCAA I'm finals. Well, <laughs> but it wasn't in. Was it in the in NCAA's? NCAA finals. It wasn't. Yeah. How many other teams have like a signature thing like that? Also, that's that's the thing. Like Penn State has we are, but like the There's, Penn, the, they don't like, like start it with a right. W or something. Yeah, that would be lame. What was crazy about Knicks is like. <laughs> You couldn't hear it that well because they were all still going crazy from yeah. the pin. But then when when uh, Chandler did it, they were all ready. They were ready. They to were go. ready to go that time. Yeah, the moment played out well. Yes. Um, have I, I ever been to a louder duel out. than Sunday in Gallagher? But I have not ever been to a louder duel. It. That place. I mean, when pitch pins Spencer, it was incredible. It was shaking. It, it was shaking. Literally shaking. It was going so insane. It happened so – the cradle, it wasn't like – it was just like, oh, single. Oh, cradle. Oh, boom, immediately pinned. Like, it just happened so fast. It just went zero to a 1,000. Uh, yeah, th- I was, like, looking around, like, did that really pin. just happen? Yeah. It was a quick pin, but Iowa fans – you know, obviously Iowa fans are going to say it's a quick pin, but I think the Lugo one was faster. That Lugo uh, pin was quick. The Lugo was the quickest one I've ever seen. That was I've the quickest seen. of all time. Yeah. Yeah. This is a completely neutral statement for anything to do with Oklahoma State uh, or Oklahoma State Iowa. I freaking hate when there's like a pin situation and you know that it's like, you know, you're bracky right and you're shooting it or you're like getting the clip from our shooter and it takes like 48 seconds for them to call the pin. It, I know. It, it it really hurts the. This is like me complaining as media. Like it really hurts the the clip itself when it takes 58 <laughs> seconds to pin the guy. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's me complaining about faster. something that only applies to me. Call Sorry. Fall. Sorry. They called that one. Yes, they did. They, called, the it. they called it. Indeed. How do we see uh, Christopher <laughs> Kane? How do we see the match between Gable and Kassar going, a.k.a. Caesar going? I see it going well for Gable Stevenson. Size. He's going to be able to stop Kassar's shots. I, he's, it, you've said this before, right? When two guys wrestle who are pretty similar, it's a bad matchup in the sense that the one that is better – can separate himself. And I see Kassar as like a smaller, slightly less athletic version of Gable. Indeed. Did somebody, you know that stuff that, uh, who was the Russian, who was the Russian, oh, Boltakayev. Remember oh. how good Boltakayev was? And then. <laughs> For three months. Somebody gave him a, somebody gave him a pill right before he stepped on the mat at the Olympics and he just felt, he just didn't do anything. Yes. Like he didn't move. Uh-huh. Did somebody give Kassar something that in that final with Derek White, he just didn't do anything? 
because that is the single most it's like that doesn't even make sense compared to all his other matches no i don't think uh well it makes sense to me i don't know i thought he was particularly active he just had no he couldn't get he couldn't get through it's not like he didn't shoot Bulk jobs tough know. to shoot on yeah man it was even gable gable had one shot now he made a count and turned to a six but gable didn't really shoot on yeah, job exactly yeah but go rewatch I it i kind of i kind of chalked that up to uh gable kind of shutting down after he had a six point lead he might have but also kasar hasn't faced like that much heat at this point He's faced some good guys. He beat um, Neville's, maybe one of his best wins, but he's not been like. I know what you're saying. It's out of character, but I mean that's one of those things. That's one of those annoying things. It's like, yeah, he doesn't shoot as much because he's not wrestling the Kent State heavyweight. It's like that's just what happens in wrestling. Um, okay, Sam Herring, the official middle school wrestler of Flow Wrestling. This was great. Out of the ten winners from Oklahoma State versus Iowa duel, which is more likely, zero champs or three champs? He loves the, this. The, this is this question. question. I love this question though, because it's pretty tough. Um, and the thing is, with like twenty five, on the one hand, it's like they're likely to get it, but you want your talent spaced out to skew high, for the higher number. Um, so twenty five, thirty three, they could win. Sixty five, they could win. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say zero is more likely. I'd be surprised if they had three champs between these two teams. Zero is more likely. I also don't like the people that answer like, well, it's going to be one. It's like, that's not the okay. question. It's what's more likely, zero or three. Silly. I agree that it's zero. He also asked a really good question about, um, you know, Dayton Fix using underhook primarily against Iowa guys, Ramos Gilman, and here against DeSantos, like, if it's his Iowa specific game plan or why does he go do it? Man, I don't know, honestly. I mean, I know with Ramos, for sure, like, Wrestling out of an underhook is, like, a good template to wrestle Tony. Like, Gilman kind of showed that, right? But as far as, like, against DeSanto and against Gilman himself, I don't really know. I don't know why why he uses it. I'm not the technical mind. Um, maybe one of you guys are, but I don't really know that, Sam. Uh, well, yeah, it's just something um, I hadn't quite noticed it to the extent that Sam did. So now, you know, going forward, yeah, I think it's something to look at. I think it's a, that's a really good um, technical note that Sam picked up on there. Tech notes. Um, Bracky, what's up, man? What's what's been the vibe on Facebook? Oh, it's been good. A lot of conversation just about uh we have four hundred and seventy nine comments. Dang. Well okay, yeah, but two sixty of them are fellers probably. <laughs> He's actually been pretty calm today. He, he What joined, happened I to him that was you should have banned him. He joined late. Other people wanted me to ban him that day. <laughs> I mean No, you do not ban fellers. I think I think he dude, he's he's uh I'm not gonna ban him. We also know that fellers is hundred, like we know he's trolling. Like there's no. He said, "What about the DeSanto memes? There have been a lot of memes made of the Dayton going across the throat." Uh, oh yeah, we I, I would like to that. mention that for a second. Yes, please. Uh, first of all, Hawkeye Report, chill out. He didn't rear naked choke him. It was for like two seconds. The ref immediately got in and was like, "Hey, stop it!" And he did. And also, if you're uh, you want to be a fan of DeSanto's antics and when he kind of pushes the line. You got to be prepared to take it when guys do it back to him. Classic dish it and take it situation yep. here. That was, I don't know for sure because I wasn't in the building. That seemed like a message from Dayton, and everyone was it one hundred percent was like, because "Hey, dude!" Right before that, this match. right before that, Santo kind of got his base a little bit, 
and then Dayton like really threw the hips in and like got him flattened out and the place went nuts. And I think Dayton just got a little amped up and just went, How about mm. the uh how about the introductory boo? Love it. Uh, the booing of DeSanto. I loved it because it just shows I mean, like, how knowledgeable the fans are um, mm-hmm. to know that, like, hey, this is the bad guy. And we're going to try to get in his head and rattle him. Um, and they did it right. when he, As soon as he walked out on the mat, too, after the Spencer pin, they were, like, still all kind of cheering. And then he walked out, and they all booed him again. You know, and – it brings up two things uh, that I want to bring up. One, I want to talk about home field advantage. Don't let me forget to bring that up. But two, everyone's like, if DeSanto did that to Dayton, everyone would be freaking out. I wouldn't freak out. No, hold on. Yes, of course we would. Of course everyone would freak out. Do you want to know why? Because Austin DeSanto tried to hurt two people last year. He spat on them at this year. Okay, he's had some issues, right? So, yeah, if you go across the throat like that, probably, and maybe no, Nomad would say, yeah, I don't care, and, and maybe, but for good reason, everyone would freak out because this is a guy with a track record. So, of course, of course, it's 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 different for Dayton when it when who's never really done anything like that, and compared to DeSanto, who's tried to injure wrestlers in matches. Period. Yes, it's different. Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's just, different. There's a track record. Um, so, yeah, people would freak out. I wouldn't necessarily um, judge it or fr- say, like, oh. I mean, we have been Team DeSanto all along here. We have been trying to, you know, calm people down about the things he's done and, and minimize it every step of the way. But, yeah, people are going to freak out if, if DeSanto goes across the throat. Now, I wanted to talk about home mad advantage because Coach Brands had said, man, it's not a thing. It's like, get it out of your mind. I don't, it's just a, all I see is a great crown. Which I think that does need to be your message when you're the coach. Like you can't let that factor yeah. in mm-hmm. the the adverse. But I do think um, it, it impacts it in some way. Did he take a shot just, at Carver Hawkeye? Well, yeah, just well, like it would it would help him in Carver. Or, yeah, it would help him in Carver or anyone. It would help all the Hawkeyes in Carver. Oh wait, he, Coach Brands often says about the great crowds, and I mean he knows it helps. He knows it helps the Hawks at home. For sure. I, I think, you know, you could say, if nothing else, just being able to wrestle in your own place and wake up in your own bed is, yeah. is an advantage, yeah. right? And even if you're able to block well, out. Here too, Christian, I mean, you you never like the idea of momentum, and I get, I get why, but when the place is electric and you start off by pinning their national champion, that got to make, that got to fire the guys up, right? How about, yeah, for sure. How about... Marinelli gets that pin to make it 12-12. That that duel could have been uh, Iowa could have won that match. There there were after that one there were like three of four those four matches they could have won. They just simply did not. Do we? No, oh, it's a conversation for another time. Um, oh, another thing, another thing about the Hawkeyes, like the, their fans, like going overboard about this loss is look. <laughs> You know, we said they match up well, but look, Kemmer's Kemmer's out. Stoll is like a shell of himself because of injuries, um, and you still you still were in the it was twelve twelve after six bouts. I mean, don't the sky's not falling? It's not falling, Hawkeye fans. I, I want to. It's gonna be all right. I want to offer my personal opinion on a couple of things in the DeSanto fix. Um, I don't I don't see how you can call Dayton for stalling in the third. I have a hard time calling stalling when the guy's head or belly is on the mat. Now, 
stalemate maybe, but I have a hard time calling Dayton for stalling there. Now, I could certainly see what Christian was saying about calling for stalling um, in neutral when he's when he's going out of bounds a couple times. But again, DeSanto took one shot. The, 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 the one time that he was talking about, that wasn't a real shot in the sense that he shot him to get a stall call, not shot to score. That doesn't mean he shouldn't have gotten the stall call, but like that wasn't a legitimate offensive attempt to get a takedown. If if they had been hit for stalling, I wouldn't have lost my mind. But like DeSanto wasn't he was doing a lot of pushing, he was holding center, which I was probably the best in the country at holding center, or at least yeah, top I mean, three. But there has to be more than that to me to justify that's a lot of stalling calls. That's a good take, Noma. There's a shot there's a shot to shoot you out of bounds, and then there's a shot that you're trying to score with. Is right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. And that's you know, when the when the rule came, first came out, and me and Christian, and, and they had a video with it, and that's the first thing me and Christian said, is like, this is going to be a disaster because, and it's the same in, in rear standing, how do you know who's pushing, who's pulling? Well, how do I you think know who's... They don't have to make a call when it's uh, top-bottom. It's just for neutral. Yeah. They don't have to, but they do. Yeah, I know. Oh, they, I, see, they, I see what you're saying. They did, and like, there's no, like, action call necessary there. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they, right? They they hit for clearance for it, but I think these were more egregious and repeated. Um, I mean, even even okay, Iowa fans don't flip out when I say this, but there were a couple times when Stoll and Warner crawled off the mat to get a fresh start. Mm -hmm. I, no, yeah, I'm I'm not saying they should have been hit, but we've seen people get hit for that before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here it is, 9.40 in the morning here in Austin, Texas. Uh, let's get on out of here. Let's call it a day. For all of those of you watching, please tweet at me whatever allocation, seating questions you are most interested in for NCAAs, and I will do my best to have it all prepared for Thursday. He'll do his best. That's all we can ask for, from Willie, from Kyle, from me. Just do our best. We thank you guys so much. 356 down, 356 more to go, at least. We thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back Thursday. I don't think Nomad's leaving Thursday. Can you commit to Thursday? I'm so excited. I get to actually watch the Dan Kolov this weekend. Team USA sent a group of hammers. A lot oh, of A's yeah. and B's on the men's and women's side. Big teams. It's going to be awesome. A's and B's. Looking like Willie's report card. Yeah. Hey, I'll be here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody I'm good, not, right? I'm not going anywhere. No, I'm talking about Kolov. Kyle Snyder. Oh, yeah. Kyle Snyder, perhaps the leopard of Jabbar. It's time to go. Yes. If you want to talk call off, you had an hour and 41 minutes. Now it's time I'm signing off. It's sign-off time. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.